I think that having a someone that you trust and having your best friend and a business partner, somebody that compliments you in everything that you're maybe not as good, um, if it is probably or is definitely the biggest asset that you can have. Um, so if if anyhow possible, you know, having having a partner by your side uh, that shares the same values, has complementary skill set, and understands that you know the journey of starting a business, especially in a different country, is something that requires you know dedication and and the absolute will to succeed. This is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's built several startups to seven and eight-figure companies, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today we have another great guest on the episode, and it's Max Mello, if I can pronounce it. I'm probably slaughtering it. Um, but give you a quick introduction to Max. So Max kind of his whole journey started when he was um, going out on, so he's originally from Germany, was going out on vacation to the U.S. with a friend, and uh, they got intrigued with the real estate market. So came back, they bought a townhouse, um, did that for a period of time, did some Airbnb, made some profit, decided to uh, start their own brokerage firm, went after high-end buildings, and now they uh, mostly work with a lot of investors and developers on some of the high-end real estate and uh, been able to flip a lot of projects. So that's a quick and short introduction to Max, and welcome to the podcast. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, fun to have you on. So. Perfect. Well, um, I gave a very short or brief introduction. Uh, maybe uh, dive into a little bit of a, or your, uh, give us a little bit more details of your journey and how it all started with your vacation. Yeah, I guess that was just a, just a dream like, like everybody else from, from back home. You know, one day you got to go to America, check it out and, and see how it is. And uh, that's what we did. Uh, all started with, with the vacation. Um, we kind of, fell in love uh, with the country, particularly here, Scottsdale, Arizona. We went to LA, we went to Vegas, but you know, there was something about Scottsdale uh, that we, that we loved a lot. And there's obviously many, many facets of this, uh, this state that makes it um, such a, such a beautiful uh, place to live and, and full of opportunities, especially in the real estate world. So, now diving a bit more into that or a bit more detail. So you, you were, you grew up or were born in Germany. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So grew up in Germany. And then what was the, I assume, or well, maybe I'm wrong that you got, when you and your friend were coming over to the U S for a vacation, it wasn't to buy real estate or it wasn't to get into real estate. So what, what made you originally come on vacation in the U S or kind of what was that or what caused that whole dominoes to start going? Yeah, it was, it was kind of twofold. One, we wanted to explore the country and kind of feel, you know, what is, what is this experience that um, you hear, you hear from so many people, what is so fascinating, kind of, you know, um, get a feeling for that ourselves. And secondly, my, um, my best friend and business partner, Patrick, he used to um, be a golf professional. So uh, for those who know Arizona and uh, maybe our golfers, uh, this is probably one of the uh, best places in the u.s to play golf pretty much year round so um yeah that's what what got us here we 
uh, we played plenty of golf and then you know there was always a desire to um, be involved in real estate investment both of our families uh, in Germany as well as in Brazil my dad's Brazilian so born and raised in Germany but I have a South American um, culture background as well uh, they are involved in real estate but we wanted to do our our own gig so to speak and then yeah we started with a little townhouse that was pretty much all the money that we had Blantly went uh, went well was a home run right out of the gates and and then we we kind of took it from there but there was no intention like you said we you know I remember us going on the plane we said you know just let's just have a little bit of fun and uh, check it out and see what happens no make makes sense so now you Dive into just a bit deeper. So you, you did the vacation, kind of had that experience. You went back. I assume you went back to Germany. You didn't stay in the U.S. right away. No, we went. We went back. Yeah. So when you went back to Germany, what did you do during that time when you were still in Germany? Did you, you know, and and I guess we'll start there. What so what did you guys do when you got back to Germany? Did you continue on with education, go back to your jobs, and then how did you decide to come back to the U.S.? Yeah. Um, at that time, actually, I was um, jumping back and forth between Germany and Brazil. So I was working in both countries kind of simultaneously on a, on a pretty big project. Um, I was involved um, at that point in time in, um, in a tech company as well as a, a hospitality business um, that was um, involved around the World Cup, you know, FIFA Soccer World Cup in Brazil 2014. Um, that was kind of the time was back and forth. And... Um, Ever since we came here the first time, we realized that there's something there's something about it, and we just got to find the right timing and do our due diligence, and you know, kind of put all the pieces together to understand when is the right time to actually pull the trigger and um, you know, kind of go all in. Which uh, we did that in a good old uh, German manner, I guess. Um, we took our time, looked into everything, and you know, and then it all came together. And um, yeah, then we, um, end of April 2017, um, quit the job. Uh, day later, I was on a plane. And then uh, for about a year, you know, bridged my stay here with a, with a tourist slash business visa. And then I obtained an investor visa uh, to legitimize my, um, yeah, my business and, and my stay here. So I think you mentioned, or we talked a little bit before the podcast, so you got the uh, visitor uh, investor visa end of two, or April of about 2018, and then you still had to get your real estate license. And for, for me that doesn't know, so you, you guys came here, you did real, you know, you I sit on real estate investing, and I think you mentioned that you guys each kind of came together with 50,000 on each of you, and we're looking to get some property, and you look through, but between the time that you got here, got your investor visa, did you purchase a house right away or did you get your real estate license, real estate license first or kind of what was that, uh, that phase for you? So we did purchase that townhouse actually before we bought into the brokerage. So America won luxury real estate, Patrick, out 50% um, equal partners. We have two fellow American uh, partners that own um, the remainder of the 50%. And that brokerage was, we, we bought in, that was January 2017. And our townhouse, we already have bought it in March 15. So the first little project that we started, kind of almost remote because we had to go back to Germany, uh, was in 2015. We sold it in 2017. And Patrick got licensed in February 2018. I got licensed in February 2019. Because one of the requirements to obtain a real estate license 
is um, to have a social security number to to take a, a local as well as a uh, national test and um, that social security number comes only when you have a visa right which after obtaining the visa there's a little bit of a um, lead time until you get that so we owned a brokerage and had no license um, that that kind of came came before and the reason we did that is that actually helped me tremendously to get my visa as you know, our brokerage has been up and running since 1988 uh, with, you know, clean books, uh, residual income through various uh, uh, sources of, um, you know, the, the real estate business. So that, that helped us a lot. And only after that, we kind of realized, you know, if we we're leaving money on the table and opportunity on the table, if we're not licensed ourselves. Mm. So now with all, and I appreciate that background, you, you, I don't even begin to know a ton about real estate. So I find it interesting. So you did that. So you bought your, you, you, you know, got your brokerage before you got your license, but you had the 50 K that you each kind of brought into it and you got your first townhouse. Right. And I think you mentioned, you looked at, what was it over 150 different uh, possible investments? Yeah, I mean, just imagine, you know, all you have is $50,000 and uh, if you screw it up, you're done. Um, we figured if that's going to happen, that would be uh, the worst uh, possible scenario. So um, we took our time and I mean, we, I think it was at least 150 properties um, that we looked at um, within that budget that we had. We talked to, I don't know how many real estate agents um, and funny enough, the property that we did purchase, we ended up finding ourselves actually in the community that we were renting i saw a sign in the window i called in uh, there were no agents involved and uh, that was uh, pretty much our first uh, first deal so and and especially if you're if that's all the money you have in the country that you really don't know anyone and you don't know how the whole process of a real estate purchase works it's it's a little bit scary. I'm not going to lie. Um, when we were at the title signing papers, I was like, okay, like, I guess, I guess it's going to happen now. So I guess the mixture of, you know, certain um, um, naivety, naivety, if that's even a word, you know what I mean? Right. And, and we just had, we just had no, no fear. And we just felt like, you know, after our due diligence, we're, we're good to go and we're just going to risk it. So, um, um, fortunately the reward was there because looking back at, at the numbers, even on that first deal, it's, it's still, uh, I mean, we, it was a cash on cash ROI was 61% on our first deal that includes rental income and, um, appreciation of, of the sale of the property. So that was call it lucky, call it however you want to call it. That was, that was a good start. And that's the kind of dovetails in. So you bought the townhouse and was it all smooth sailing from there? Was it, you know, no worries? Was it easy going? Cause I, you know, the only, the main exposure I get to real estate, other than, you know, might be by my own house is generally been, I see a whole bunch of people that have flipping shows and within a matter of a half an hour, they made, you know, hundred thousand dollars or $200,000, <laughs> which I'm sure is all completely true and there's no fabrication, but for in reality, <laughs> You know, so how did that go? You got your, you, you finally get to the, you get to the U.S. You get your invest, investor visa. You get that. You know, you go through 150 houses, do a ton of due diligence, finally find the townhouse for you guys. How did that? Once you made the purchase, how did that that whole uh, how did that whole uh, journey part of the journey go? Well, I remember leaving the title agency, and they were like, "Okay, we now we need to remodel it." And then, I mean, how, how are we actually going to do that? I mean, I guess we need a contractor. So. 
I mean, it's literally how you would imagine if you've never done something, you just figure it out. Um, fortunately, uh, Patrick's and my skill sets are extremely complementary, and we trust each other without uh, without limitation, right? So that that helps if you don't do it alone. Mm. And um, I mean, our our general contractor was a referral from an Uber driver, um, and and that story is not made up. Um, so you just <laughs> I mean, we just figured it out. We furnished, we furnished the, um, the apartment, we went to Ikea. And I mean, we just drove through the aisles and we were like, we completely underestimated. All of a sudden we had five carts full of stuff, had to put the beds together. And then there were, you know, we were missing this. And I mean, just like, you just figure it out. So I guess mm. it, it was one thing that I think is looking back is something that we always had, I mean, you if you're best friends with someone for 15 years we've worked together for over 10 years you just know each other and you know that there's pretty much nothing that you can't accomplish as a team so we always had that confidence but quite frankly we didn't know how and I guess then it's just learning by doing and Mm. just doing due diligence as you go right we talked to four different contractors we got bids we started to understand material pricing labor pricing we went to floor decor home depot all those stores and then slowly but surely you educate yourself um, and you just start developing and that's ha- that's what happened with us a passion for the actual business because when we bought our first place you know if you would have asked me are you like passionate about this i would have said no i guess we're just making an investment right but mm. as you go you know every one of us uh, patrick more passionate about the design and the actual floor plans and you know, that component, the on-job side project management, and for me, the art of putting a deal together, financing, structuring, the legal component, investments, and the sales stuff, that's like the other component, right? But that just happens while you do it. So mm. yeah, that's, that's, I guess, how that, how that went down. So you did that and you finally, you figured out, you, you know, got your referral from your Uber driver, everything else, got the townhouse, made the, you know, made the profit off of it. You bought, finally got your brokerage, you got the licensing and all that done. And then you kind of walked me through. So then what was the next step to your journey? Did you guys just dive all in, take the money, roll it forward, build a big flipping house, you know, big flipping brokerage or how did that work out for you? Well, we, we then started doing our um, projects and then, I mean, we, 90,000 was the first one. And then we slowly started stepping up our game, right? We did 200,000, 300,000, 500,000, 700,000. So then we had at a point, we had like three, four, five projects at the same time. And then at some point, and, and we used hard money in the beginning, right? So we had hard money with our money. Then we had some investors that trusted us with their money. And then we were slowly figuring that component out. And then we said, okay, the profit margins are definitely bigger, the bigger the project is. And the work is kind of almost, almost the same thing, you know, like it's, it's really not too much more work if you do bigger projects, you know, you must just add more money to it. But from an investment perspective, if you know what you're doing, you actually create a downside protection for your investment because the profit margin is bigger right Mm. Uh, and if things go wrong if the ac goes out or unforeseen things happen you're just better off if you have a bigger profit cushion obviously than a smaller one right so we were starting to understand okay if we go on the higher price points and by being licensed we started to get listings in the higher price points so 
while we were climbing up the ladder on the investment side, we did the same thing on the brokerage side as agents, right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of went hand in hand. And, and also that was something that um, developed pretty organically and uh, we just, we just rolled with it. And now, I mean, today, most of our projects, I would say 95% of our projects are anywhere between four and $8 million are either new builds or major renovations where we add up to, I would say four or 5,000 square feet to the existing premises. So we're talking about major, major projects that we run simultaneously now, which, you know, looking, looking back three years ago, all it was was a little townhome and uh, the, the, the Uber referral contractor slapped something together, you know, so, um, it's a, it's, it's a whole different world now. Mm. Well, that's a, that's a, a cool journey to hear. So, so now as you, as you do that and you look out in the next six to 12 months, kind of looking into a future a bit, kind of where's, what's the next phase or what's the next part of your journey look like? Yeah, I think, um, this year in particular, looking at the numbers, I mean, we still have a little bit of time uh, left on the fourth quarter. Um, we are now part of the top 1% agents uh, in Arizona, as well as top 1% brokerage um, in the state, which is uh, an accomplishment that we're very proud of. Um, we're, we are growing our team. Um, we're growing that organically. Um, by now we have 15 people. So I would like to continue on that path if we you know find people that are like-minded that have this drive and especially love the development and investment component of it so growing that is one thing um the other thing is right now we have 10 projects um i think we're always going to be anywhere between 10 to 15 projects at a time here in arizona and then in florida that's the next market that we're looking to go to um, patrick's in-law family they're all involved in in, in real estate and and design staging contractor work uh, down in the West Palm Beach Boca area. So um, that has always been something that we had on our mind and that we were, you know, investigating um, for as long as we've been here. And then for as long as Patrick has been married with Valerie, which is now four years. So that's going to be, uh, that's going to be the next, the next step. Well, sounds like it's uh, an exciting, uh, exciting journey yet ahead of you. So plenty of uh, things to accomplish and plenty of success to, to drive towards. Well, as we, as we start to wrap up the podcast, I always ask two questions at the end. So maybe we'll jump to those now and talk about those just a little bit. Um, so the first question I always ask is within your journey, what was your worst business decision and what did you learn from it? Can you say that one more time, please? Yeah, so within your business journey, the journey you took, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? I think I think the worst business decision that we that we made when we came out here is I think we trusted some contractors too early, made um, advanced payments um, because you know we kind of felt for felt for them and cared, cared for them, which I think that in, that in itself is nothing, nothing bad, right? Uh, but, you know, the kind of um, the aftermath uh, of that was, um, you know, jobs not being completed and, uh, you know, all, all of a sudden there were conflicts um, uh, on that end that were pretty um, unpleasant. So I think that, um, you know, understanding that, uh, you know, things, things are paid when they're completed. Obviously, there's deposits and material purchases um, that have to be made. 
but you know working with professional contractors um is something that i can just uh i mean that's that's probably the biggest lesson at the same time obviously uh, not doing any work that is unpermitted right um I do remember, or and doing the due diligence on on structural kind of issues. I do remember uh, one time we re removed a load bearing wall, which uh, we didn't know it was one, but we didn't investigate it enough. Uh, that cost us uh, eighteen thousand dollars. I'll never forget that. So um, you know, those were those were expensive mistakes. Um, but I guess they're easily avoidable by just uh, you know just doing the right thing, and especially you know with the projects that we have right now. Um, that of everything is everything is permitted, um, and we work with very professional contractors. Everybody carries insurance, like all these things that you would think, you know, they're you know, everybody does it. Um, that's that's really now how how it is in reality um, on on many projects that we see too. So uh, doing the right thing there is, uh, and paying a little bit more is definitely the way to go. No, I think that's uh, both a mistake to, to learn from as well as a valuable to insight going forward. So, all right, now that we jump to the second question, um, which is if you're talking to someone that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? I think the one piece of advice that I can give, and I know that's something that not everybody can not everybody can kind of uh, do the way we did it. I think that having a someone that you trust and having your best friend and a business partner, somebody that compliments you in everything that you're maybe not as good, um, if it is probably or is definitely the biggest asset that you can have. Um, so if if anyhow possible, you know, having having a partner by your side. Uh, that shares the same values, has complementary skill set, and understands that you know the journey of starting a business, especially in a different country, is something that requires you know a dedication and and the absolute will to succeed. And and no matter what comes in your way, that you always know that there's no that there's going to be no point where you're going to give up. So I guess that is that is what got us to where we got today that's for sure no i think that that's great advice and certainly something to take to heart well as people are wanting to reach out to you they want to know more about your brokerage they want to invest in you they want to be an employee they want to pick your brain about how to get started any or all of the above what's the best way to connect up with you so the best way to connect with us um through social media is instagram um we um, we have individual accounts. My account is Max underscore America, and then the number one spelled out O N E. Um, we have a brokerage account, America One Real Estate. Same accounts for the website America One Real Estate dot com. And Patrick, myself, for our projects, we have a website called Max and Patrick dot com, uh, where you can pretty much see everything that we're involved in. And uh, anybody that wants to pick our brain or get in, get in touch with us. Uh, feel free to do so. Uh, we've been uh, welcomed very um, warmly in this country when we didn't know anyone or anything. And I think, and by now we, we're starting to figure out how this business works. So we're always happy to um, give back and anything that we could do, um, we'll always, we'll always try our best to do that. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate uh, both the invite to, to help others that are uh, just getting into business as well as uh, some great ways to connect up with you. Well, Max, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. 
Now, for all of those, all of you that are, uh, have your own journey to tell, feel free to reach out to us at inventivejourneyguest.com and apply to be a guest on the podcast. We always love to share your journeys. If you're a listener, make sure to click subscribe so you get notifications as all the new great episodes come out. And lastly, if you ever need any help with uh, patents or trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law, and we'll make sure to get you taken care of and helped out. Well, Max, thanks again. Wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last, and uh, good luck. Perfect. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. My pleasure.